The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. Welcome back to the show. Julian DeStoop with you. are going to talk some hoops now, and uh, who better to do it with than Kane Pittman from ESPN Australia. Hello, Kane. Jules, always a pleasure, mate. How are you? Great to have you on the show. Now, as a mad cats man, you'd be heading over to Adelaide for Magic Round, wouldn't you? Mate, I'm not joking. I just got off the, friend, uh, off the phone with a mate, and we're just discussing that we'll be over there for sure. I've never been to the Adelaide Oval, so uh, it sounds like a perfect opportunity. Absolutely. Gather Round will be fantastic. I wanted just to... just. We don't want to go into great detail about this. There's a, there's a lot to this story, but it was it was great news to read overnight that uh, American basketball superstar Brittany Griner is on her way back to America. She'd been held in Russia since February on drugs charges. In the end, they've done a prisoner swap, which had been spoken for quite some time. And after just, you'd imagine it, 10 months from hell, she is finally heading back to the United States. Just give us a snapshot for people that aren't aware of this story of, of what's happened here over the last 10 months. Yeah, it is. It's great news. And Brittany Griner, she's a, she's a superstar in the WNBA, an eight-time All-Star uh, with the Phoenix Mercury. And actually, for a long time, played under Sandy Brundello, who's the head coach of the Australian uh, women's national team. But uh, you're right, she got arrested at a Russian airport in February, so has spent almost 10 months in detention in Russia. And the initial arrest was over carrying a vape that had less than a gram of cannabis oil in there. Now, that is illegal in Russia to carry uh, any uh, level of, of that type of material. But I, I think in most reasonable people's minds, a, a nine-year sentence, which she originally got, is, is pretty insane. So there's been some pretty high-level negotiations over the course of the last 10 months to try and get her back to the U.S. And uh, there was a prisoner swap for a pretty high-level uh, a prisoner from Russia that will be going back to Russia. Brittany is now on the way back to the U.S. Uh, as we speak. But uh, no doubt. I mean, this is a, a pretty significant ordeal that, that Brittany's gone through. So almost surprising because you never knew how this was going to finish up, but certainly great news. I guess the one thing we don't know, and I guess we'll find out in, in who knows how long, is, is how this has affected her you know, mentally, emotionally. You'd assume it's been uh, really tough. And there from, from a, a purely sporting point of view, how, how she actually returns from all this. Oh, who would know? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And whether she is in a place where she wants to come back and play basketball, obviously, physically, it's not even a question. There would be a, a lot of work to do there. But the mental side seems like it would be uh, the more difficult part of all this. It's uh, impossible to imagine what she's gone through. Speaking of the NBA, we focus a lot here on, on Ben Simmons and obviously, uh, you know, Josh Giddy's fortunes in his second season in the NBA. But... Josh Green is going absolutely magnificently at the moment. His coach at Dallas, Jason Kibb, is pumping up his tyres, saying he's going to get a big payday. He's a, he's a really good player. Is, uh, how have you tracked his development this year in, in the NBA? Oh, it's been incredible. And the Dallas Mavericks are a team that are expecting to contend in the NBA. And I caught up with Josh Green in the offseason, and he discussed the idea of learning how to be an NBA role player because he's playing alongside one of the great superstars in the league, in previous seasons, he hasn't been a knockdown shooter. And he discussed the idea of trying to battle with the confidence issues of coming into an NBA floor, being expected to shoot the ball, the pressure of not knowing whether you're going to make shots and are you going to get in trouble if the shots aren't falling? And eventually he got benched in the postseason last year. So he went into this offseason understanding that I need to work on my outside shot. I need to be a versatile defender for this team. And he's come in and he's been one of their more reliable players. And he's only in year three in the NBA. So there's no question he is going to get paid. A teammate of his 
Dorian Finney-Smith is a similar player, three and D guy. Uh, I think Green has a, is obviously a better athlete. I think he has more offensive versatility. But Finney-Smith signed a contract in the offseason worth over $50 million US dollars total. And I would imagine that Josh Green is putting himself in the box seat to earn even more than that. So this has been a significant and lucrative start to the season for Josh Green. It's been a Kane Pittman from ESPN Australia chatting some NBL. I'm going to chat some NBL in a minute, but we've got heard Gazy talking about this uh, the other day on the run home. We've got the World Cup uh, basketball for the men next year. It's a, it, he's always said it's harder to win that than actually an, an Olympic medal, but it must be exciting times for the coaching staff at the Boomers when you see, you know, if Simmons makes himself available, he's playing some pretty good basketball at the moment. Obviously, Giddy is a better player than he was when he went to, or didn't quite go to the Olympics. Uh, you know, last year you got Green coming on. Uh, Dyson Daniels is doing some good things in the NBA. It's going to be all things being equal with fitness. It's going to be a very strong squad to pick from. Yeah, Brian Gordon is going to have some headaches picking this team for the World Cup because if you really look at it, in previous years we know who the stars of this team have been: Paddy Mills. Dally, Andrew Bogut, Joe Ingles, Aaron Baines. But for the first time, I think probably ever, they're going to have to make a decision next year about NBA players and they're going to have to put a team together. And it doesn't always work that you just automatically put all your NBA guys in the squad. So I imagine that most of those players will be there when you talk about Daniels and Green and Giddy and all those guys, Ben Simmons, of course. But they're going to have to pick a basketball team that makes sense as well. And it just goes to show how far Australian basketball has grown, how wide the talent pool is in Australia now, where you actually are even having the conversation about, does this NBA player fit on this team? How do they work in a five-man uh, lineup combinations there for Brian Gorgian in the World Cup? So uh, there's no question that right now the talent in Australia is deeper than it's ever been. And uh, Brian Gorgian might have some tough decisions to make, particularly when it comes to some of those older players who have been stalwarts and stars of the program. I was going to ask you about one of those in uh, Joe Ingalls. So he's been assigned to the G League. Uh, you know, he's with the Bucks and he's coming back from that ACL. Is is he one in particular that it, it might be an uphill task for him to make this squad next year? Yeah, I still like uh, Joe Ingalls in this Boomer squad because he, he shoots the three which is going to be a question mark for this Boomers team. Do they have enough outside shooting? But he could also facilitate a little bit. But uh, we also just need to see him play. So you're right. He was assigned to the Wisconsin Herd, which is the G League affiliate of the Milwaukee Bucks. And they do this pretty regularly with players that are coming back from long-term injuries. So just for a bit of background, in the NBA, there's 82 games during the regular season. And teams can go weeks and sometimes even over a month without having a full practice where they'll play five-on-five and scrimmage Mm. uh, against each other. So for players coming back from injuries, they just have no time to practice. And so they'll use the G League affiliate team to get that time in. He's not going to play in the G League, but this is a pretty significant progression for him coming back to the floor. And typically when this happens, you're around two to three weeks away from playing, which would be about 11 months uh, post-surgery for Joe Ingles with that ACL. He is so it's a little surprising that he's coming back so quickly, but uh, it's certainly a good sign. Yeah, great to see him back in the not-too-distant future. Mitch Creek on a local level is having a great season as well. What about Melbourne United, Kane? Beaten by the Hawks the other night, only the Hawks' second win for the season. And you, you, you watch last night and see what the Phoenix did for the Hawks. I guess a lot of people thought it was going to be tough for, for Melbourne United this season. You know, they've changed their roster a bit as well, even after the season got going. Are they a bit worse than you might have thought, though? Yeah, I think so. But also, uh, I think that just comes because it's Melbourne United and they set the bar at wanting to contend every single season. So anything below that 
is a little bit of a surprise. And we've heard head coach Dean Vickerman has said, I've kind of never been in this position with this club. They're five and ten. Even with a top six this year in the NBL, they are facing a serious uphill battle to even be in the mix for the top six right now. They rank eighth in offense. They're sixth in defense. They've been a mediocre team all year. They haven't been able to figure out uh, the roster balance since losing, obviously, Daly, losing Jack White. Uh, Ariel Hook-Porty tore his Achilles in the preseason. And Shay Ely, the point guard, has been out all year with concussion-like symptoms. Basically, he's played three games. So they haven't had a lot of luck, and there is genuine reasons for why they've struggled. But uh, nonetheless, it's been a pretty disappointing year. Who are they missing the most, do you think, from that squad uh, last year, whether it's a couple of the injured guys you mentioned there or the, or the ones that did depart last season? Who, who was the one that uh, Dean Vickerman would love to have back the most? Well, I think offensively they've got talent. I don't think they've been able to get Chris Gold in the ball enough this season. I don't think they've been able to unlock Rajon Tucker and his offensive firepower. And a big reason for that is I don't think they've been able to get into their offense. Shay Ely is the guy that they've missed, and he's going to play this weekend, so that will help. It might be a little bit too late. But if you think back to last year, they had Matthew Dallas-Dover, they had Shea Ely, so they had 40 minutes every single game of pure point guards, true point guards, that will push the offense, they'll get into the offensive sets and get everyone else going on the team. This year, they just haven't had that at all. And it's been, honestly, it's been pretty difficult to watch. And clearly, Dean Vickerman throughout the season has expressed his frustration with the lack of ability to get the offense ticking over. Got a couple of important games coming up. Another one of the teams that's really struggled so far this season with big expectations has been the Bullets. They host the Bullets uh, tomorrow night. Then they play Perth uh, over in Perth on Monday night. The Phoenix host the 36ers on Sunday. Just before I let you go, it was a big win for the Phoenix last night. They've been pretty consistent so far. Are they just a, a rung down from the best teams in the competition or do you think they're right up there with sort of the Kings and the Breakers at the moment? I've got them up there. The question is clearly the defense. This has been the, the question mark over the entire four years of the Phoenix being in, in existence. But to be fair, they had a lot of injuries at the start of the season. And since they've had their best five players in the starting lineup, uh, they have been steadily improving. Last night, obviously, a blowout win. So uh, I'm not sure whether I have them exactly where the Breakers and the Kings are right now, but they're number three for mine. I, I think they're a real chance to do some damage this season. Kane, always great to chat hoops with you. Enjoy another big weekend of uh, both NBL and NBA basketball. Thanks, Jules. Talk to you soon, mate.